0: 10. It's got the code. It's going to launch. It's a unit system. I know this. It's all the files of the whole park. It tells her everything. I'm... Sir, he's uploading the virus. Eagle One, the package is being delivered.
1: When it comes to the cyber... Everybody's concerned with either the 800-pound guy in his parents' basement or whatever the president called it, or the scary hooded Mr. Robot figure messing with your smart home, or those pesky Russian hackers destroying democracy. One thing the hacking scene doesn't always consider is the real-world pen-testing hackers. It's kind of OG and involves social engineering. Sometimes their stories and their human skills manipulating individuals are not only hilarious, but expose the biggest flaw in the corporations or agencies they're hired to improve people. Today, we're talking to someone who calls themselves Jack, and she's a physical pen tester, and also brags about breaking into buildings. I'm Ben Maku, and this is Cyber. So Jack, tell me, it's it's Jack for like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, right? Something to...
0: That's... Yeah, that's correct. It was a name given to me uh, towards the beginning of my InfoSec career. Uh, it was a friend of mine, Tinkersec, was commenting on how adorable and sweet I appear in normal everyday life and then how vicious and scary I can be when I when I turn on my bad guy face. And so he said it's like your Jekyll and Hyde. So that became my Twitter handle. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, so I, I I'm just to be clear, you call yourself a physical pen tester, correct?
0: That is correct, for the most part, yeah.
1: And what is a physical pen tester?
0: So a physical penetration tester is somebody who pretends to be a bad guy, depending on what the organization or the company is really worried about. We could pretend to be burglars after physical assets inside the building, or we could pretend to be hackers after technical assets inside of a facility. And so what... Penetration testers do in general is they act like they're hackers. You hear about, uh, like the, the target hacks and the, the home Depot hacks and like all of those had a criminal mind or a criminal organization behind it. And that's what we do is we pretend to be those criminals, but we actually work for these companies. So we're trusted insiders basically who break in or hack into the, uh, the technical side. And we try to steal all this information, but instead of s- turning around and selling it on the dark web or something, we take it all back to their security team or the blue team or management. And we say, this is everything we got access to. This is how we got access to it. And this is how you can start fixing the holes and the vulnerabilities in your system. So, I might go in and find that these places have really pickable locks and no alarm system and so in that case I might you know be, be able to pick the lock and get into the a facility in the middle of the night
1: so I mean this is this is really like it's it's like old-school hacking almost like the you know the social engineering <laughs> aspect of it because this, this is what yeah. it kind of calls back to it's sort of this OG hacking scene almost
0: <laughs> I would prefer to think of it that way, yeah.
1: Now, okay, so I, I am a law-abiding citizen, and I know you are as well. But, mm-hmm. I mean, I hope. But how, <laughs> how did you learn these skills? How did you get into this? Because I know some physical pen testers myself.
0: Sure. So I, I got into it in a really interesting way. Uh, I was originally studying to be in journalism. I worked for a radio station for a while helping to produce uh, different shows and doing things like setting up uh, interviews and things like that. So I got to learn to, to talk to people and be able to make them comfortable in what might be an uncomfortable situation and i also made a lot of friends during this time in the the hacker scene in dallas which is where i'm from so shout
1: I guess, out to bear brown
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> lots of shout outs i could do but um it, it was it was just such a supportive awesome community and i i would go to them for technical experts and subject matter experts for stories and uh there was a friend of mine who was doing network penetration testing and he got tapped to do a physical penetration test. His boss asked him to do one. And he was like, I don't know how to like, I don't know how to lie to people. I don't know the first thing about lockpicking. Like I'm the wrong person for this job. And I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm freaked out by it. And I kind of just jokingly said, Oh, I'll do it for you. Like lying and sneaking in, in the middle of the night, like that's movie stuff. I I'm, I'm totally down for that and i was just joking but he was like oh my god would you like i can get you on the contract i i bet you my boss would let it happen and i was just kind of stunned i was like okay yeah like if you think that we can make that happen then let's do it and i don't know i just i i kind of naturally fell into it things like things that are harder for some people and i don't know if this is something i should be proud of but things like lying I uh, do not, do not come very difficult are not very difficult for me. <laughs> so uh, coming up with an elaborate ruse and why you should trust me and I'm actually from headquarters, like all of this stuff is just it kind of flows off my tongue very easily and it, you know aliases and all of that. So I don't know. I think I, I feel like I was kind of built for it. I don't have any special training or anything like that. I I have gone to training sense but you know starting out it was it was just uh it's just me and i i did pretty well at it i think
1: i know of some people that have done this before that were Mm -hmm. you know in three letter agencies before they yeah absolutely oh this this stuff
0: happens i am not unique in any way shape or form like this stuff happens all of the time and it's not always legal. It's not always on a like a private basis. They're absolutely folks who do what I do for the government and for other countries and they do it way better than I do. It's just a matter of whether they can talk about it or not. And do you I'm ever run into them? That, do I ever run into them? I do occasionally. Um and and it's always interesting to be able to uh you know, kind of share my experiences with them. They can't necessarily reciprocate, but it's, it's just a a neat little, a neat little thing when you're able to, to talk to somebody about you know what I do with—I haven't had a lot of training—and for them to say, like, "Yeah, you're doing great," <laughs> that's <laughs> to, to to know that I'm kind of operating on a
1: CIA basis.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's kind of cool. I don't know if I go that far, but but that they can they can look at what I do and say, "Yeah, you're good job, kid."
1: <laughs> so you're essentially doing you, what you're hired to do at times, and this is my understanding of it: is essentially to do corporate espionage, but then bring this information to top management and say, look, this is what we got. Uh, You're going to have to patch this in a certain way. And and instead of it being, you know, a line of code, what you're patching is the human vulnerability.
0: It's either the human vulnerability or physical ones now. Um, The human one was the one that came really naturally to me uh, to be able to put people off their guard, to be able to to tell a lie or give a pretext that was good enough for them to just kind of shrug and say, okay, that makes sense. That was natural for me. The physical side of things is something that I've learned over time. So now I can assess things like access control systems, and I can go to management and say, "Yeah, your badge tech, the the readers that you're using, are really old and they're really easy to hack into. Here, let me help you fix that. Um, like your your, this is how you can fix the uh, security of your parking lot. Um, but that's what." physical penetration testers and specialists do. What I do is I'm on a red team. Uh, I'm on the Walmart red team and we have a group of hackers that actually externally hack into our network and try to dig up things like personal identifiable information or credit card information, uh, customers, that da- customer databases, things like that. And I do the physical infiltration for them. So right now I'm a means to an end. So if I were an ordinary penetration tester, an ordinary physical penetration tester, I would probably start off with like the easiest thing to uh, to take advantage of. I'd, I'd lie my way in. And then I'd kind of work my way up to the the more... the the crazier ways of being able to penetrate the building and to, to see like where ultimately that line was where like security was like, wait a minute, something doesn't make any sense. So I just slowly get more ridiculous with the methods I was using to get in. And that is really valuable service when all you're doing is testing security, physical security but what my team needs me to do for them is to break into a facility and gain access to like a, an unlocked computer or passwords written on sticky notes, which happens all the time. And I take that access back to them. They then use it to escalate to stealing really valuable information that could possibly be used to damage the company's bottom line or reputation.
1: Okay. Have you ever gotten caught before in the process of this? Have
0: I ever gotten caught? No, I haven't. I've been doing this for about three and a half years now.
1: And you've never gotten and caught?
0: And I've never, I've never been caught. <laughs> um, and, and I say that in the least arrogant way I possibly can, uh, because it's just a widespread problem. And you can talk to almost any physical penetration tester, and they will tell you the same thing, that it takes a lot it almost you almost have to try to get caught right now. It's a matter of you know people not wanting to be rude. It's a matter of people just wanting to go about their day-to-day lives. A lot of people are not necessarily invested in the well-being of the company. And so even if they do see something suspicious, if it's not something that causes them to feel unsafe, they might ignore it. It's just a very common problem, and uh, I've been—I I feel like I've been close to being caught a couple of times, like right on the edge of, a, like, oh crap, this is it, this is when I get caught, this is the day, and and it, and it hasn't happened yet. So, I'm 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 really looking forward to the day I get to tell that story. Like, bravo, slow clap, you you guys finally caught me, good job.
1: So, what's like the first thing you do before you go to a job? Do you try to figure out? Who the employees are, and do you go on their social media? Because as a journalist, that's probably what I would do.
0: Absolutely. So, as soon as I know what kind of jobs I'm in for, as soon as I have like a target or an address, I will immediately first thing I do is go to Google Earth. I want to look at the building from a bird's eye view. I want to look as close up as I can on street view. I want to know what the parking situation looks like. I want to know what the entrances and exits look like, as much as I can gather off of that. And then, yes, the very next thing I do is I start scouring social media. And I spend hours looking through employees' social media pages. And I mean it. I probably spend probably like 40 hours a piece on each target looking through information on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. I want to see every picture that has ever been posted from this site. And so I'll look up current employees, past employees. I want to know kind of what the the office culture is like. I want to know what the badges look like. It's a big one. I want to know what the badges look like before I get on site if I absolutely can. Um, I typically don't have a ton of time actually in the vicinity of these target sites. So I will have maybe anywhere between four to 14 days if I'm lucky.
1: Why such a little amount of time?
0: It's a matter of... Money really is what it comes down to, and this is pretty standard. You could talk to most physical penetration testers, I think, and they would tell you the same thing: is that companies uh, have a hard time affording for you to not only fly out to wherever the site is, but also put you up in a hotel and give you per diem for food. For if I'm if I'm being realistic, like if I'm targeting. Something like a distribution center, I want to spend a couple months at the very least watching, just sitting and watching and seeing things like when the cleaning crew comes and, um, when, you know, is there an overnight shift? What does the security guard rotation look like? There's a lot of little questions that I need to answer in order to get a realistic idea of what I'm going to be up against when I do finally go in. But we don't have that kind of. Most companies don't have that kind of funding to to put a tester up for weeks or months. So we have a much smaller window of time to work with.
1: Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f- are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass." So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch.
0: $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com.
1: So are you working constantly or do you, is it sort of like a contractual basis where it's like you'll get, a, you'll get a contract and then you'll work literally two weeks straight and then you're off kind of thing?
0: back about a year a year 4 months ago or so i was a contractor i've since been taken on to the internal walmart team and back when i was a contractor it was much longer periods of time between assignments so i would work for a week or two and then i'd be off for like a month and a half and then i'd work for 4 days and then i'd have a week off and then like it was that that's kind of the way the the contractor life works but for me now, it's much more heavy-paced. I I am almost constantly on the road. It's got its pros and cons, for sure. I I love it, and it's also kind of exhausting.
1: <laughs> so you spend a lot of time in Walmarts, is what you're telling I me. I
0: spend a lot of time in Walmarts. Thankfully, we're all over the world, and I am never, ever bored.
1: <laughs> well, I'm glad that you're spending time in Walmarts for me. <laughs>
0: You're welcome. I'll take the bullet for that. Yeah,
1: thank you. I appreciate
0: it.
1: (laughs) So I know you can't say who you've worked for, or can you? Mm -hmm. But can you give me an idea of the types of places you've worked for?
0: So I have broken into buildings ranging from, like, ordinary stores, like storefront places where it's just, you know, a couple employees who are there to manage sales, um, manufacturing facilities, lots of office buildings, data center, data centers on occasion, distribution centers, the range could not be much wider. Um, the, probably the one thing I haven't done is like government type of facilities and military facilities. And I'm not exactly in a big hurry to make that happen.
1: <laughs> so you've never worked for, let's say like an you never broken into an arms company, like a Lockheed Martin, that kind of thing.
0: No, 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 no.
1: Because I've heard of pen testers that go into those types of places, and they they drag out. You know, they do like a, a whole sweep, and they they drag out all these different devices that have been hooked up, and they've broken into places they should never have been allowed inside of.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That that's. I mean, that happens all the time. Um, I haven't personally done anything uh, of that caliber but i know people who have and it's it's really interesting it's really interesting work i know you know there there are people out there who do things like do physical pen tests of airports and that's also fascinating to me i've i've broken into some facilities that have armed guards but nothing like government contract work or anything like that
1: okay give me your i know i get this question a lot as well and i know a lot of journalists do like tell me your craziest story, or one of the crazier ones you've thought of where you know, either you thought, how the hell is this am I breaking is this easy or what? Or it really was difficult.
0: Oh gosh. So there are a couple of them. Um so probably the very first one was was one of the the best, or what it was one of my first. Um I was just really nervous. I had very little experience and um I did a little bit of reconnaissance and found out that the the building was just kind of, it was, it was really dingy. And I, I was like, I don't think I really want to, I don't think I would want to work here. I, you know, it it just looks like a prison. And so I was like, "I, I think maybe I could use that. So like overnight I created this website for an architecture firm and I had I had business cards printed out with like an alias with this architecture firm on it. And I called in the next day, and the um, I had found this target online who had just this really incredible social media presence and did a lot of volunteer work with uh, with like maternity services and new moms. So, I called her up, and she worked with HR, I think I called her up and I said, "Hey, I just wanted to let you know that you know we're doing some remodeling of of our facilities, and we've got this um this architect coming out, this interior designer coming out from uh, San Angelo or San." Bernardino, I can't remember (laughs) which one it was, but, um, you know, she's going to be coming out to assess the facility, so if you could just, like, bring her in and let her look around and ask questions. And at that point, all I wanted to do was bring my laptop in, plug into their network and run an MAP scan. Like, that was the end goal. If I could prove that I could get on their network and have access to the machines, that was it. That was the goal. And she was a little bit confused. She was like, but, like, what's what is the reason for the timing of this? Like normally I get heads up if somebody's coming in from out of town and I was calling pretending like I was from their headquarters. And so I just started like breaking down a little bit and I was like, you're right. Like, I'm really sorry. This is kind of on me. I was told to do this a couple of weeks ago, but I've had a lot on my mind because I am You know, seven months pregnant and I'm having some health issues, and immediately like her tone changed from like a little bit of suspicion to complete understanding. (laughs) Oh, that
1: is cold blooded.
0: (laughs) It's pretty it's pretty awful. But this is the stuff that like I I hate saying that I don't have a conscious because I do and I do feel bad when when bad things happen to good people. But if I'm pretending to be a bad guy, ultimately my goal is to tell these stories and to protect people from this happening to them. So it's, it's not as bad when I look at it through that perspective. So she just immediately started like wanting to mother me and, and take care of everything so that I, I had this, I was like, if my boss finds out I'm messed up on this, like, um, I'm going to be in so much trouble. And she was like, okay, well, don't take care of, you know, don't worry about it. I'll take care of everything. Give me the name of this, you know, your architect and and maybe some contact info and I'll take care of it. So that was it. Like I, I hung up and I showed up the next day and she was in the lobby waiting for this interior designer, not realizing that obviously it was the one on the phone with her the day before. So we're having this conversation and I able, I was able to kind of loser for a little while and plug into the network and that ended up being my way in was through social engineering and calling ahead to let her know that I was coming but I definitely leaned on that idealistic motherly caring side of people and that's not the first time or the last time that I've done that um I think it was it was Probably about a year and a half ago, I was working with a partner and we were overseas. We were overseas at this facility that I'd never seen before and and in a country where I didn't speak the language. And so I called pretending to be with a charity organization that this company worked with. And... I asked if I could have a meeting with them just to say thank you for all the hard work you did. And uh, they were absolutely obliging. They let us in. We were able to uh, plant our backdoor device while we were inside the building having this meeting with these people. I remember driving back to the hotel on the way home, and my partner was just really upset. It was kind of his first big social engineering gig. He was like, we lied to those poor people. Like we were supposed to, you know, they thought we were their friends and we just screwed them over. He just felt really bad about it. And I said, look, we're, you know, this is what we do. We're supposed to be bad guys and bad guys don't care if they hurt your feelings or they ruin their day. At the end, they're out for money and we are out to make these people's jobs more secure. And he turns to me, he goes, have you ever been tested for psychopathy?
1: I was actually going to ask that exact question. I'm not. I'm not even joking. I was like, "Have you gotten tested as a sociopath?" I mean, have you? I.
0: I, um, Serious question. That no, I'm kind of afraid (laughs) to. No, I. I really don't think that's an issue. Like, I. I do have a lot of care for these people. Like, I. I don't go around. Did in you ever my murder cats life? when you were younger? No, goodness, no! <laughs> <laughs> Heavens, no! Heavens, no! I, I never done anything like that. Um, I, I do, I, I do this because I care, and it's not like I go around in my personal life, like Do these people having... get
1: fired after though? Is is a no, question? No,
0: no. So absolutely not. Not. Uh, I had one individual get fired for the. Uh, I was able to get gain entry because he'd posted a picture of his uniform and badge on a Facebook group. And this was probably my third or fourth test. And he didn't do anything except post that picture because he was so proud. and like his mother had just passed away or something and it was like, I wish my mama could see me right now. And
1: oh God. But I also know, like, dude, you can't be doing that. Like
0: Exactly, exactly. So I was able to take the badge. And and when I, I did the penetration with the badge, because everybody assumed I belonged, because I had what looked like an exact badge, but it was a replica. And afterwards, I told, during the debrief, I told them several times, I was like, look, you want your people to be proud to work here. You want this kind of attitude where it's a, badge of honor for them. You just need to train them up better. You need to make sure that they know it is absolutely against your policies to post pictures of their badge. Like, this is not an isolated incident. And uh, unfortunately, what a lot of companies want to do is take that incident, fire that person, and say, okay, we solved our problem. We are now secure. And The fact is that that is not the right answer. Retraining people not only increases their loyalty to the company, it also creates a harder attack surface. You're going to have a much harder time getting past people who have been through a test like this and retrained And they're now more aware than you will of just like scrapping your entire security force and then installing a new one, a brand new one that hasn't been tested.
1: That's the thing. Companies will always take the path of least resistance generally.
0: And uh, Yes, I agree. I agree with you. But ultimately, if the if the reason for the test is to make their company more secure, they're doing themselves a disservice and they're also being extremely disloyal to to the folks that work for them, if that ends up being their response.
1: So you're in the hacker community. How do other hackers see physical pen testers?
0: I think that a lot of traditional, I say traditional hackers, um, like just strictly technical hackers kind of see what I do as witchcraft, but that's okay because I see a lot of what they do as just complete black magic as well. I'm not a very technical penetration tester. I... I have an entire team of folks who handle the back end of, you know, as far as hacking into the network is concerned after I've gotten that physical access for them. So I don't see a lot of the stuff that goes on over there. I go in, I say, okay, guys, I got access to an unlocked computer. I plugged in this rubber ducky that you gave me and they turn that into, okay, now we have access to all of the, all of the credit card information for every customer that's ever come through, or we've got, now got access to all of their private health information, and now we know how to make everything more secure, and and that to me is just mind blowing, and I think that, uh, you know, for a lot of folks on their end. Social engineering is just something that they don't want to get involved in as well. It's just like, oh God, I gotta, I gotta go like talk to people and lie to people. There are very few who like kind of straddle both worlds, and I, I just think those those people are super cool. But I also love being able to work with my technical teammates.
1: It's almost just like that that difference between you know the person who goes with the NSA or the person who goes with the CIA. It's like human versus signals intelligence.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's a good way of putting it.
1: Well, this is um a uh I don't know who I'm speaking to now. I, first I thought you were nice, and now I don't know. I don't know if it's to game me as well. <laughs> but um thanks a lot for being on the show, Jack.
0: No problem, Ben. Thank you so much for having me.
1: This week's episode was produced by Lorenzo Franceschi Bichirai, recorded by Mitch Rackin, and edited by John Northcraft. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you like the show, give us a review on Apple Podcasts or tell your friends about us. We'll be back with more next week.
0: Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time.